You know, this morning I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And how many know you can't talk about the Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit showing up? It's a funny word, isn't it? The Holy Spirit showing up because how many know he's, he's in here and he lives in us? Do you know the Holy Spirit is in you? The Apostle Paul goes one step further and he says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's talking to a culture that understands temples and understands that that's the place you go to meet God, in the temple. But what if the temple is in you? How does that change your life? How does that change how you think about yourself? That the very living God would choose to live and dwell inside you. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, rise up within us. Despite our humanness, despite our challenges, despite despite ourselves. Holy Spirit, you are so, so powerful in us. Lord, we don't, we don't want to miss out on what you've got for us. We don't want to miss out because we know there's more. And I believe this morning God wants to take us to a deeper level and grow in his spirit. I really believe that. I really believe this morning that there are gifts being unleashed. There's gifts being awakened, spiritual gifts being awakened here this morning that you think, wow, I thought, I thought the Lord didn't speak to me. I thought the Lord was quiet in me and God was just looking for an excuse not to reveal himself in me. But God's the other way around. He really wants to reveal his spirit in you more. He wants you to grow in him and go to a deeper level. And the Spirit wants to speak to us as a church. The Spirit wants to speak to us as individuals. And Lord, we're open and we're ready for this. Maybe you're watching this at home and you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling this. Just take a moment right now, wherever you are, just say, Lord, come. I want, I want to go deeper. I want to go more. I know there's more of your Spirit. Speak to me. And he will. And he does. As God reveals himself through his Holy Spirit. Maybe just put your hand on the person next to you. If, if you know them well, of course, you know. Ask their permission. Just put your hand and just... It's like the Spirit wants to fill us all completely. And I believe by doing that, by praying that for your neighbor, you know, Jesus, when he, he healed somebody, he said, I felt the power of God go out of me. What if it was that we, like Jesus, feel the power of God go out of us? What if all this time we've been waiting for the, to feel the power of God coming into us when actually he wants to come out of us and he wants to flow around to our, to our neighbors and to our friends?
I know I've got a sermon to preach. I know I've got copious amounts of notes this morning. But <laughs> I'm not worried about my notes. I'll, I'll, preach, <laughs> I'll preach another time. Actually, I, I do want to get to them. They're somewhere. They're down there. But I believe the Holy Spirit meets with our preparation as we prepare our hearts. I believe also the Holy Spirit meets with our expectation. How many of you uh, take notes when the Spirit of God says something to you? Do, you? do you write it down? Yeah? You know, some of you got, you know, you've got your gadgets, you've got your phones. You can open up a notes page on there. You can write on the back of an envelope and whatever you've got around you. But how about we expect that God speaks to us something? And I want you to be bold enough one step further uh, to, to share that with what God's saying to you. And maybe when you get home or just maybe God's put someone on your heart to send them a quick message, a quick text. Um, maybe God will, will give you a scripture. Uh, or scripture will come to your mind and you think, yeah, I need to send that to somebody. I need to encourage somebody. I know God speaks to you. I know because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's dwelling in you. I know this. Do you know this? For sure. You say, Giles, you're crazy. God speaks. Well, maybe we're not listening. <laughs> maybe God is speaking all the time and we just have to be, you know, listening and, and ready to, to hear what God's saying to us. Wouldn't it be a shame if God's speaking and we're not listening. And the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with, Jesus said this, the Holy Spirit comes to convict of righteousness, of sin and judgment. Righteousness, you know, because you're right with God and you have that conviction within you. Sin, because, you know, we all miss the mark. And judgment is not something we're afraid of because we know the judge. We have an in with him. Do you have an in with the judge? Imagine walking into a courtroom and <laughs> the judge is like, I got this. You'd walk in there with confidence, wouldn't you? Anyway, open up your notebooks, open up your Bibles. I am going to jump into Scripture this morning. Thank you, Sam. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. And we'll read the lot, 4 to 10. The apostle says, I give thanks to my God always for you because the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. This is where I began last week. The grace of God, the apostle Paul recognized and gave thanks for because he could see that grace working in them. And this is the Corinthian church, and they had some proper issues that Paul had to deal with. But he says, The grace of God has been given to you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you are enriched by him in your speech and your knowledge. Just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ 
He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because God is faithful. By him you are called into fellowship, into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Then he says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you should be in agreement and that there should be no divisions among you, but you should be united in the same mind and same purpose. This morning I want to talk about not lacking, never lacking in the gift. Spiritual gifts, or the word their gift is charismatic. That's the word there. So if, you're, if you know one of those charismatics, I think Paul was one of them. I don't think Paul says we shouldn't lack in the charismatic. We began last week talking about Corinth and we talk about how much Paul's letters and how, uh, how he focused on the end goal. He always wanted the church to live now in the light of what they'd be like in the end. And in this case, he calls it the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day when the inauguration and the establishment of Jesus as king and his kingdom then is established at Christ's revelation or Christ's revealing. How many know Christ is here? But there is a day we're looking for when Christ will be revealed. And in the meantime, we are waiting with expectation, with hope, and faithfully serving God with this end in mind. Because faith and faithfulness is always the key in playing our part in the here and now, as well as knowing what we've got coming up in the future and understanding the purpose of God. And it's this focus that we have gives us a path, a direction, a goal, an aim, and we begin to follow Christ now in the light of who we will be as we walk in life with purpose and direction. I got three points from this series that uh, are beginning last week. I was talking about how grace has enriched you. And this morning I want to talk about not lacking in the gift. And next time I preach, I want to talk about the unity of the body of Christ. I mentioned last week that grace is a gift, but it's not all that the Spirit offers. And Paul writes to them to encourage them and says, we should not be lacking. He says we should desire spiritual gifts and not grieve the Spirit on another occasion. So 1 Corinthians 14, he says, pursue love and desire the spiritual, especially that you may be able to prophesy. That prophesy is also in how we speak. Prophecy is to encourage. Prophecy is to lift up and to um, build up one another. That's what prophecy is. If it's not building and edifying and for the growth of the body and the church, then it isn't prophecy. Then he says, uh, later in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12, he says, With yourselves be eager for the spiritual gifts and strive to excel in them. For the building up of the church. This is the encouragement that we we walk in these gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and not walk just in our carnal mind. Or flesh. That word is flesh or carnal. It's our it's the weaknesses of our human flesh. How many know we can live and walk in that? But read Romans 8, he suggests that's not a great idea. It's better to walk in the Spirit, in the fellowship with Jesus Christ. And he says in Ephesians 4, 
he says this about grieving the Holy Spirit. And he says, let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only what's useful for building up. Isn't that that's the saying the same thing in a slightly different way? When we're speaking, we're not speaking out of our own carnal desires. We're speaking spiritual words that bring life and edification to one another. He says, build them up so that the words may give grace to those who hear them. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with which you are marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Here he is again talking about the end goal, the day of redemption, something that we're waiting for. I know we are saved and we are being saved and we will be saved. There's all three kind of happening at once. So how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, he says, put away all bitterness, wrath, anger, malice, wrangling, I love that word, and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ, as God in Christ has forgiven you. I wonder, with our speech and our knowledge, which are enriched by grace, are the very spiritual gift that we need to be walking into. How many know if you come across someone who has all bitterness and anger and wrath in them, and it, you know it's very unpleasant to be around them. But how about being, when you're around someone who's so tender and kind and forgiving? It's almost like, I want to be around that person. So Paul's suggesting, let's be the kind of people who others want to be around <laughs> by, by operating in this gift of grace. And he reminds them there's a day of redemption that's coming. And we grieve the Spirit by acting out of our flesh. There's so much to unpack from this scripture this morning, and I'm going to try and do it in about five minutes. That's all right. He's looking down at nine pages of notes. First of all, you know, the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. And how many know God doesn't break his promises? Second, it's a gift of God. And how many know the gifts of God are no respecter of person? Third, we can't be lacking in these things. You know, feeling a sense of lack seems to go against everything that God has for us. And finally, he says, doesn't he? He says that we should be blameless. So number one, the promise. The promise, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will be in you and will be with you. And the Holy Spirit will be your helper and your guide. And he's the one that will keep you to the end. He said to his disciples, recorded by Luke in chapter 24, he says, listen carefully, I'm sending the promise of the Holy Spirit to you and it will remain in you. Stay in Jerusalem and wait until you are clothed or that word clothed there is fully equipped. We can be fully equipped. How many know God calls but God also equips? I believe that. I believe if God's called me, he equips me. And he equips me with the Holy Spirit. And um, Jesus said that would happen with the power from on high. And I believe that power from on high is with us today. And I believe we want to have that power within us that we can search and go deeper into the things of God. That in him are all, hidden all the rich treasures of wisdom and understanding. And by his spirit, we can tap into that wisdom of God. That we know 
what to say and how to say. We know the right answer. Paul says, I didn't come to you with words of human wisdom, but I came with spiritual words and demonstration of the power of God. The promise. The promise, Peter says in Acts, he says, this was given way before Jesus. Actually, you can go back to the prophet Joel that said, I would pour out my spirit. He was explaining what was happening on the day of Pentecost. And he's explaining this is what has been foretold by the prophet Joel, that it would be poured out on all people. Old and young people, rich and poor, male and female, on everyone. You know, Peter's saying this is for anyone who believes. Second, the gift. Paul writes that the gift of the Spirit has different manifestations. And we need to embrace what the Holy Spirit is revealing in us and exercise those gifts. We need to walk in them. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, there are a variety of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. Different services, but the same Lord. Variety of activities, but it's the same God who activates all of them in everyone. And each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You see how the Holy Spirit's given to us as a gift, as a blessing, as a promise. But it's not just for us. Just like in Abraham's story, he says, I'm going to bless you in order for you to be a blessing. And these gifts are given to the church, and Paul says they are for the edification of the body until the whole body comes into unity. And I know I'm talking about unity next, next time. But he says in Romans 12, we are many, but we are one body. We are individually members of one another. And get your hand around that. You're individually members of one another. And according to the grace that's given to you, prophesy with proportion to your faith. Minister, teach, exhort, uh, be a giver, be in generosity, be a leader, be diligent, be compassionate, be cheerful. These, These are the gifts of the Spirit. And Paul then unpacks it, doesn't he? And he says, I can have all these gifts, but if I don't have love, I think grace and God's gracious gifts that pours out his love into us by the Holy Spirit reveals who we are and enables us to share that love with others. Point number three is not lacking. There's a sense that we are waiting, but in our waiting, we're never lacking. And Many today feel a sense of lack in their lives, and perhaps that's why we try and fill our lives with things that doesn't seem to make us feel ever fulfilled. And modern philosophy can make us feel empty because it's a life without hope, without an end, without a good end anyway. And there's a sense of hope that comes with knowing what's to come. And this knowing what's to come is also linked with us not lacking in the present. If you meet someone without purpose and direction and aim in life, You know, we call them lost. They've lost their way. And if you've lost your way, perhaps you're lacking the map. Perhaps you're you're lacking in some gift that God wants to abundantly give you right now. So let's not be lacking. He says, when we have no hope for tomorrow, we might as well eat and drink. Be merry for tomorrow we, we shall die. You know, they say life's short, so just live it. Well, what, what if life was eternal? 
What if eternity was placed within your heart that you knew that you were going to spend eternity with a loving, living God? And we know when people are lost because they don't know their end. Scripture says that God is their belly and their end is destruction. The Scripture can't make it clear enough of what life is like with those with no hope, with no Christ, and their end is destruction. But the gift of God is eternal life. You know you have the gift of God within you. You know you have eternity placed within you. And Paul doesn't want us to be lacking in this. And this is where he comes in and he talks about speech and knowledge. And these are gifts of the Spirit that Paul mentions later, doesn't he? It's all the speech and the knowledge, a big part, and the power gifts. They're the, they're the three types of gift that Paul talks about. But Paul talks about the Spirit-inspired prophecy when it comes to our speech. What if our speech was just not words of anger and malice and or even indifference but what if our speeches were that of grace of that of encouragement maybe of challenge but also the challenge the kind of challenge that lifts us up and raises our expectation he talks about the prophecy he talks about the gift of tongues he understands about talks about knowledge and wisdom and understanding the very mysteries of god these are the gifts that God doesn't want us to be lacking in him while we wait for Christ's appearance. We're meant to operate in these gifts each day, in our speech, in our prayers, in our dealings with others. He says, 1 Corinthians 14 again, he says, If I speak with a tongue and uh, I speak to God, not to people, nobody understands it since I'm speaking the mysteries of the Spirit. On the other hand, if I speak prophecy, I speak to people for their building up and their encouragement and their consolation. I don't know about you, but I want to operate in my speech, whether it's with my children at home, whether it's with my wife, whether it's in the car when I'm, someone's just cut me up without indicating. And, you know, I want, my, I want the speech to be encouraging and uplifting to others. I want to operate in these gifts all the time. My final point. Oh, I hear an amen, loud amen when I say this is my final point. So Paul, Paul says here about being blameless until the end. So we're waiting for the end. We're empowered while we're waiting. We have these gifts while we're waiting. What does he mean by being blameless? You see, in the, in the new creation, in the end, in the resurrection, we understand then we'll be blameless. Then we'll be walking with God. Then it will be like our Garden of Eden type thing. But why does that now? And I think that now is a foretaste of what's to come. And you say to me, Giles, well, if you knew me, <laughs> you wouldn't think I was ever blameless. But I'm not sure he's talking about being blameless when it comes to God's standard of perfection while we're human. I don't think that's Paul's expectation. I could be wrong. Because God's standards are, yeah, just so high, aren't they? And we are but human. But Paul wants the church to be in a place where others can't find fault. 
I think that's what blameless means to me. That's what blameless means to me is that if you, if you look, you find no fault. You find no fault in, my, in, in the way I speak, the way I am in my knowledge that I'm not gossiping, backbiting, that I'm not slandering others, that I'm not speaking in a way that would bring the name of Christ into disrepute. I think the Spirit wants to help us in that because the life we live is always in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's what he talks about here. It's the testimony of Christ that helps us blameless. What is the testimony of Christ? That word testimony there is witness. In Greek, that means martyr. And what Christ has done for us is the only way we can be blameless. We know this is the gospel. And, and I was talking to someone the other day and I was saying, why is it the church always needs to be reminded of what Christ has done? Why is it the church always needs to be reminded of the cross that paid for your sin, the blood that was shed for you? Why do you celebrate communion? Why do we talk about his death every time? Why are we reminded of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, Paul does it all the time. He says, you are who you are in light of what Christ has done, in light of the testimony or the martyrdom of Jesus Christ. And he reminded them that the strength of this witness is that we never forget how we are right with God. And it's only by Christ. It's only Christ that can take away our sin. He took our sin. The handwriting requirements that were written, the charges against us were nailed to that cross. And as they're nailed to that cross and his blood runs down, I tell you, you can't read those charges anymore because they're covered in his blood. Amen. Amen. The strength of his witnesses. You know, this was commonplace in Israel. They would always tell the story of the Exodus. They would always tell the story of how they were saved from slavery and sin and they were brought out of Egypt and they would remind themselves time and time again. And Paul reminds them, you were once slaves to sin and you were headed for death and destruction, but now you're alive in Christ. Coupled with the grace of God, which is in abundance, the witness of Christ is strengthened in us and we keep in mind always what Christ has done for us. And when we're confronted with our own humanness, our own sin and our own weaknesses, we say, God, I fall at your cross and I, and I repent and I fall at your cross and I choose to believe that the sacrifice that you paid for my life has wiped me clean, has given me a new start. You've come into my life. You've filled me with your Holy Spirit. You've made me a new creation. That Oh, my old life has passed away, that I died with Christ and now I life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have to talk quick. We're going to take communion this morning for that very, very reason. Remember, the Spirit is promised by Christ. It's a gift of God. It's his no respecter of persons that we should never lack in our understanding and empowerment of the Holy Spirit and that we should remain blameless to the end. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh, you're amazing. We thank you for the promise of the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are filling us afresh and anew this morning. We need that fresh outpouring, Lord. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit here with us today. We take time to ask for your Holy Spirit to reveal to us 
Reveal to us your purpose. Open our eyes to see our future orientation, our destination, our goal, when we look for the redemption of our bodies in the resurrection. We look to you, Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We leave behind the things that would hold us back, ensnare us. We leave behind the sin that would weigh us down and we step into all that you have for us, Lord, that you cleanse us and forgive us. Just like you said to your disciples, Jesus, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Holy Spirit, come. Rise within us. Rise that we may live in the here and now, that we should never be lacking in the gifts that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.